0: Writing stamina is something that has to be built over time. Not many kids are instantly able to not just sit, but to be actively engaged in the writing task because stamina is far more than just sitting for a certain length of time. This episode today is going to dive into four ways that you can increase writing endurance within your students. And I feel confident that you will leave this episode ready to make this a priority ready to support your students in their journey to building their stamina and becoming stronger writers. If you are ready to learn more, I know I sure am, I will meet you inside. Welcome to the Literacy Dive podcast, a podcast for educators who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing instruction. I'm your host, Megan, a true lover of all things literacy. Join me each week as we dive into teaching tips, engaging ideas, and actionable step-by-step strategies and examples to help you close the gap and lead confidently with best practices. I'm all about keeping things simple and digestible so that you can implement what you learn here as soon as tomorrow. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive Podcast. I am thrilled that you are tuning in today for part two of our writing stamina series. But before I get started, I just want to make sure and ask you, are you following this podcast? It is so important that if you follow, you will never miss an episode. And so just go ahead and hit that follow button. And while you're at it, if you are a returning listener, I would love it if you could leave a rating and a review if you have not done so yet. This is super important in the podcast world because this is how the podcast platforms will determine what podcasts to push out as people are searching for these different topics like literacy, writing, or reading. So I would be so grateful if you could do that for me and then also As always, if you like this episode or like any of the episodes enough to share it out, please do so. All right, let's get to the content of today. Now, last week we opened up the doors to writing stamina, exploring what it is and the three components to pay attention to. We learned that there are physical, cognitive, and emotional aspects that work together to strengthen writing stamina. And if one or more components are missing, or if one or more components are weak, then the outcome is going to be a low, low, low dose of stamina. I would encourage you to pause and actually go back one episode to listen to part one, if you've not listened to that already, before listening to the ways that you can help increase the writing endurance in your students because... That episode is really going to set the tone and really, really go in depth about the why behind this action and why we really need to focus on increasing this for students. So that is going to be part one before listening to this one on ways that we can increase writing endurance in your students, part two. Episode 159 is the one that shares all of the front-loaded information about writing stamina. Now, today we are going to discuss strategies we can implement to ensure that students get the practice that they need that's going to positively grow their stamina. I am going to paint this picture of what this could look like in the classroom or in your writing block, and then I'm going to focus on your role and your responsibility through this transformative growth process for your students. Now, remember that you can come back to this episode or any of the episodes at any time, completely free to listen to. So you can come back and replay the information and the strategies that I've shared. So what I want you to do right now is just follow along, be engaged, be in the moment. And by the end of the episode, you can determine what feels good, what feels right to begin with, knowing that you can incorporate additional ideas at a later time. So now that we got that housekeeping out of the way, we're just going to go ahead and start. Now, when I say the word endurance, when we think about building endurance, the one word that probably comes to mind as something that you would need to do to get that result is what? Right. You probably said practice. This word almost feels overused in a way, but I want to break down why practice is so important and needed if you want to build proper and strong endurance. Practice is important for skill development. Consistent practice in writing is going to be so critical for that developmental piece to grow much like being a musician and practicing a musical instrument or being an athlete and preparing for a competition in your sport of choice, it's going to help students refine their technique. It's going to help them to get exposure to the proper uses of vocabulary and what's most appropriate in that moment. And it's going to allow them to get better at expression. Habit formation Regular practice, and this is not going to be shocking to you, but regular writing practice is going to help establish writing as a habit, making it a natural and routine part of your students' lives. What will end up happening is writing right now probably feels like an option to your students. And so when you have an option, you either want to do it or you don't want to do it. You either want to eat the peas on your plate or you don't want to eat the peas. You either want to have a piece of chocolate, or you don't want to have the chocolate. So it just becomes an option. And a lot of the time, students are going to not pick that option. But with practice and making this more natural and making this more routine, the writing is going to lose its title as being an optional task. And it's going to become an addition to something that they already do each day. Much like we brush our teeth every day. We take a shower every day. And we take care of a pet if you have one. That might include feeding it or walking a dog. Those are things that you're not necessarily going to forget. You're just going to do it out of secondhand nature. And that's what writing can become if we allow it to become a habit. And to become a habit, you have to practice it routinely and daily. Confidence building is another result of practice because with practice, Students are going to gain those positive feelings of themselves, and that's going to result in confidence in their writing abilities as they see their own progress over time. It can be really easy to see the growth in how writing looked in August versus December, or what writing looks like in January versus May, but that comparison can only be made if there are enough samples to view. And if your students aren't writing, They won't be able to see how much they've improved day over day. Seeing the growth and that achievement is an automatic confidence booster. So that's going to give them that, wow, I really have improved type of mentality because they can see that progression. And the last thing I really want to kind of touch on with what practice is going to do is it's going to make your students adaptable. Adaptability is really important because that continuous practice is going to allow students to become ready for whatever comes their way. They're going to be able to switch and to pivot in handling various different types of writing styles and different types of writing prompts. Now, you might sit back and say, well, we really only focus on these three or four types of writing and that's really not that much. So yeah, we're good. But you have to remember that This becomes more important as kids get older and we are trying to set them up for that success so that they are prepared for middle school, prepared for high school, prepared for college and post-college. So it truly does start here. It starts now. And the reality is how I would write to share a narrative is very different than how I would write and approach an expository essay or an informational article which is then going to vary greatly from how I would structure my writing if it was an opinion piece or a persuasive piece of writing. And the list really does go on in terms of the different types of writing. But then we can switch it over here and writing to a friend is different than writing to a parent or writing to a teacher or a principal or writing to the government and that's going to be really different than writing to the president. So language and vocabulary can change and pretty much will change drastically depending on the intended purpose of the reason you're writing in the first place and also that intended audience. Who are you writing to and what are you trying to accomplish? But this switch being turned on and off or I like to say on and off because when you're going between genres or between audiences, you do have to kind of make that pivot and that switch. But that switch being flipped on and off to do something different can only be accomplished effectively with the adequate practice. If I were to propose that your students write this letter to Congress, and that's what I challenge them with doing, they will automatically know that they have to have a formal introduction. They have to make sure that their handwriting is the best. They have to make sure that they're not using slang words and that they're using professional text because if they are writing in slang, they are not going to be taken serious. But in that same moment, if I challenge your students to write another letter, but instead it's going to go out to all of the kids in their current grade level and the whole goal is going to be... See how many kids you can get to come to your house for an extravagant ice cream Sunday party on Christmas. Now we already know that typically on Christmas, a lot of families get together with out of town family. So it's going to be really difficult for kids to come to your house on Christmas, but This is going to be where maybe kids are going to get creative and they're going to have maybe big bolded text or really fun animated squiggly text because they really want to get into the emotions of the kids at school because they want to see how many people they can get to get to their house and not be at the Christmas function, let's just say. So that's going to be a whole different tone, and they might use slang. They might use some really cool language because that's going to be what draws someone in to want to go and ask their parents or their grown-up, uh, can I leave for a couple of hours to go to so-and-so's house to get this really amazing ice cream sundae? So that just kind of sets the tone with why adaptability is so important, and that's because there are not many types of writing that are written the same. One genre is written one way and that is going to vary differently from another genre and your students have to know what to do and they don't really have a lot of time to think about it. They just have to know automatically what to do when they get that prompt or that writing assignment. So practice is key. Practice, practice, practice. I am quickly interrupting this episode to share about the new and oh so improved all access membership site for the daily writing disguise. This is going to be your go-to resource library for all things writing prompts, increasing writing stamina, and for sparking writing interest and engagement. All access means just that. When joining, you will get immediate access to every single writing activity that has ever been created in this program, along with all future activities that are constantly in the works. I am keeping it simple for you, giving you everything that you need to provide meaningful writing experiences for your students. And each activity, you're going to love this, can be completed in 10 minutes or less. Tested, tried, and true, I fully believe that you will see results and your students will be asking you to let them write. Head to theliteracydive.com slash join to learn more about this game-changing writing membership. So what can this look like in the classroom or in your actual formal writing block? Whatever this looks like in your own specific district or building. There are small changes that you can make as soon as tomorrow that are not going to infringe on your curriculum. It's not going to infringe on the minutes and the time that you have to spend in this in this subject. but you can start this as soon as tomorrow and get this process started of helping your students build that stamina and really really focus on their endurance. I am going to just rattle off a few things right now, but these are some ideas that can easily be embedded or that can be tweaked a little if you're already currently implementing it. So I just want you to be open. And with all things, it's worth a try just to see how it works and to see how students respond. Just see what happens. If they respond positively, then guess what? You now added some extra points to that emotional bucket by piquing their curiosity, and by tapping into their interest. And that is only going to work in your favor. But at the end of the day, if your students respond, they like it, they're smiling, they're laughing, they want to do it again, this increases engagement for the emotional component that we know is so important out of the three that we have to make sure is strong. And if you can achieve introducing a practice that gets students excited, then guess what else? they will naturally want to spend a little more time on it, which is going to strengthen their endurance. So here are four ways that this can look in your classroom. The first way, daily writing exercises. This is going to be incorporating short daily writing activities, such as journal entries or free writing, quick writes, responding to a really quick prompt, maybe only using a couple of sentences, a couple of words. This is going to be like your ticket in the door to stamina. This is one of the reasons that I created the daily writing disguise. This is how it came into existence. I had students who could not or would not sit longer than three to five minutes being actively engaged, and I needed to desperately fix that. We had writing that we were responsible for, so I'm going to need you to write longer than just five minutes. But the daily writing activities that I started incorporating and building with them were enjoyed because they were quick and they were different each day and they also served in different purposes. So on top of it, getting their interest and their engagement and their fun and their confidence, it was also spiraling in all of these skills that they really needed to practice, but they just didn't realize it. What they didn't know was that This was strategic to getting them to practice, knowing that a little practice each day will yield amazing results in the long run. The writing activities in the daily writing disguise is just one support of many that you can implement in your classroom. But I know for a fact that you can find five to seven minutes to dedicate to daily writing exercises. So that is your homework for today. And whatever you want to use, again, it can be a quick write. It can just be a simple journal entry. It can just be, how are you feeling today and tell me why. Whatever it is, your homework is going to be to find one activity that you can implement. If you are interested in checking out the daily writing program that I mentioned, then you can head to theliteracydive.com slash join, or you can use the link in my show notes for more information about that. But again, you can do something as simple as write one word on the board and just have your students write anything that comes to mind that relates to that word. You could also put a picture on the board and you can have students use as many adjectives as they can to describe the picture. These are going to be strengthening them in really, really short chunks of time. But because it's going to be daily now, because we can fit that into a schedule, It is going to work in a very powerful way over time with that endurance piece and the stamina piece versus not prioritizing this at all or by just doing it one time per week. Again, remember, to get a routine in order, to get a habit, to really excel and to really say that I have successfully done this, you have to practice and that practice has to be daily. And again, the daily is emphasized because this is not something that we are naturally just able to do. And this is not something that we naturally love to do. So therefore, we have to put some skin in the game. We have to make that extra effort to make it become more natural and more routine. And this is why it needs to be daily. The second way that this could look in the classroom is going to be through structured writing projects. Now, these are going to be long term projects that are broken into smaller, manageable tasks, and the goal of this is to help students build stamina gradually. I do not want you to expect that a big change like gaining endurance is going to happen overnight or even after two weeks. Now, While you might see slight changes and some subtle improvements, there is a lot of work to be done to get students independent to actively writing over a sustained period of time consistently and regularly across different genres and types of writing. So again, it's such a big, broad world. And while we're seeing those gains, that's awesome. But you have to keep it going. If you stop practicing, then guess what? You lose everything that you just earned and that you just worked hard for. This is not to discredit the art of celebrating because of course, if you see a small gain like that, that is worth celebrating. But I'm here to tell you that you have to keep that momentum going because if you stop, then guess what? You use it or you lose it. And unfortunately, your students are going to lose it. When you think about the big picture, your students are required to learn so much. They have reading, they have math, they have social studies, they have science, they have a foreign language if your school offers that. They have other content areas and electives and specials that they have to go to. And so it's really important and vital that you get this practice in with them because it's gonna help them. So that's where my passion kicks in. And I know it kicked in in the last episode, but I think to some extent, It's like, we don't really need to get overwhelmed by this because in theory, the solution is really, really simple. The transformation can happen with small, intentional chunks of time, but you have to designate those times to writing and you can't deviate from it because that is going to help them make this habit. And once that habit is built a whole new world is going to open up and you're going to be able to do some really incredible things with them because they will have sustained focus and they'll be able to concentrate and they'll be able to be engaged in that writing opportunity. So back to the structured writing projects. You want to incorporate these long-term projects and let me tell you why. It's because students need experience with the big, hairy, scary writing task. But then breaking it into smaller steps is something that they can learn to do on their own, once seeing it modeled by you, because it's going to make it more achievable. You are teaching them a survival skill, a survival mechanism in writing. If you are reading a book aloud, or if your small group just finished a text, that is a great way to assign a structured writing project. This will be broken into small sections for students to work on a little each day or a little every other day, depending on if they're with you or not, over the span of a couple of weeks. This will help them with the muscle memory of retention and also provides them with time. When students feel like they have to finish something the same day, that brings on a lot of stress. It's stressful. Stress is going to start bringing on rushing. Rushing is going to start bringing on errors and mistakes. And then when you have to go back and tell them about it, it's going to bring on those feelings of defeat. So we're going to eliminate that. When you have this in place, it becomes more relaxed and it feels like a digestible amount. And that's because the action items, the tasks, the things that they have to do are going to be done at a comfortable rate. but. Because it's over a couple of weeks, it's working all these other internal muscles and, and memory functions. And it's, it's supporting their cognitive processing because it's lapsing over several weeks. And so it's okay. It's going to feel better because really there is no deadline. They just need to be working on it to finish and, and to present, of course, but. It's going to become a lot more relaxed and that's going to bring on low levels of stress. So you almost have to implement some of these actions and activities that are going to counteract the negative things that they've been carrying associated to writing for many, many years. If you have any questions about this particular activity, or if you're interested in learning more about it, send me a DM on Instagram at the literacy dive so we can chat about it because I love it. This episode is not specifically only about this one strategy, but if this is something that you're kind of interested in, I would love to deep dive with your current situation and help you get this up and running. The third way that you can be able to see this in your classroom is through writing workshop. Let me clarify loud and clear that this might be called something different in your district or school. It has been called a host of names, but when I say writing workshop, I am more referring to the regular writing sessions where students work on different aspects of writing, receive feedback on their writing, get to be introduced to new skills, and learn new techniques, and then they get to watch you and then go off and practice it independently. So whatever you call that is what I'm referring to. Writing workshop here has nothing to do with a specific curriculum or pedagogy. I want to repeat that. It's only referring to the action of that regular session of writing where students are doing the hard work and actively engaging with the different types of writing you're introducing to them and the different skills that you are teaching them. So now that that is clarified, having a dedicated workshop time is going to give writing the attention and focus that it deserves. And this protected space on your daily agenda is going to be the place that you will ensure that practice is occurring. In a different way than the quick chunks of time. Now, in a perfect world, you would want this block of writing time to be 40 or so minutes, and this includes a time for you to do a quick mini lesson and then give students time to write, where you are then working the room and doing conference check ins, giving some feedback, maybe pulling some small writing strategy groups of students to work on a skill or strategy. But In your world, that might not be the perfect ideal scenario, you're just going to do the best you can by protecting that time, making sure that your students understand and know what they are to work on, and creating that environment for them to be able to do it in a conducive manner. So that is going to be a place where this practice can consistently happen, is if you have that workshop time. If that workshop time still feels a little scary to you or if it feels a little uneasy for your students, well, you still have access to those quick little writing activities that you want to embed for overall quick stamina practice. So you could easily take it and put it at the front of your block just to get kids excited and positive feelings and smiling and sharing, and then you can segue into that more formal block. So there are different ways that you can arrange that for happening if you don't want it separated from the writing block. But sometimes we just know we have those small little chunks of time and it's really good to fill it with something that can benefit students. And it just works well that you only need a few minutes for that. So for this writing block, try to have as much time as you can that's dedicated to giving them that practice that they deserve and that gives writing the time that it deserves. The fourth way that I wanted to share that you could be able to get this up and running in your classroom is by peer writing sessions. Now, you might not be shocked that I said the word peer because in the previous episode, I talked about just collaboration and how that can be something that really supports students. However, this may be one of the four ways that I'm mentioning today that you might not be carving out time for, but Allowing students to engage in peer-to-peer writing activities is going to foster collaboration and that mutual learning piece. Also, let's think about it this way. If you got to work with a friend or a small group on something, anything, how would you feel? This is like dangling a bone in front of a dog. You, right now, have this incredible opportunity to score More points in that emotional bucket with your students. And if the majority of your students typically do not write or produce much, I would much prefer that they work with a partner to give me something versus producing nothing on their own. Because students have a peer to work with, the time that they're going to write is going to automatically increase. It might even double. And if you tell them, five more minutes and then we have to stop, they're probably going to moan and groan because they want more time to be able to finish. This is helping them with endurance. I think we have a pretty clear picture. We know what students are going to be held accountable for and we know what their role is in this process. But I want to touch base on your role because yes, you play an important role in helping students gain more endurance and more stamina. This is a two-way street, and both parties have a big part to play to achieve the desired outcome. So your role and responsibilities are going to include the following. You are going to be responsible for guidance and support. Teachers, no matter what they're teaching, should provide this ongoing guidance, support, and feedback. It's like a cycle that's going to help students navigate their challenges and also celebrate those successes. You get to create the culture and set the tone for this process. Your responsibility is also going to be to create and cultivate that safe space. Yes, this is on you. You have to ensure that your classroom is just comforting and warm and encouraging, that it's going to be that place where students can express their ideas freely and also make mistakes. Part of endurance calls for revision, and students have to see this as a necessary part of their writing process, but also as an opportunity to be clearer for their audience through the proper messaging and through that language. I can recall a student of mine in the past who always wanted to be done first, and I would give feedback and provide two outcomes to this child. And with this version, I would tell him, your parents may not buy that toy for you. But with this version, and I would actually share ideas and talk through how he could improve it, they might consider it much more. And I just kind of left it there. He immediately would grab his paperback and say, Oh, I know I know what I'm gonna say. And he would rush to his desk and he would eagerly sit there and revise the messaging. And it's because of the environment that was created and placing a value and ownership on our work. He knew that even though he would love to be done or, you know, just not to have to be sitting there all day, the revisions were necessary, so he happily made them. I also offered him a choice, if you will, but I did it in a way where I presented the two outcomes for him so that ultimately he could decide how he wanted his persuasive letter to come across. And so if you can kind of build that rapport and that relationship with your students, I don't have to say, go back and do that over. That's no way that that's going to persuade anybody. I can just pose it and let him choose. And ultimately, he made the right choice. He goes back and does it. And then guess what? (laughs) When he does it, he's running back across the room. And then I get to use him for a shout out. I get to celebrate what he just did. I get to use him for my teaching point. Class, guess what just happened? He brought me his letter and he did an amazing job with completing the task. But we realized that the way the letter was probably wasn't going to do his intended outcome of convincing his parent to get that toy. So what he did was he listened to a couple of questions that I had. He went back and revised his letter and now listen to it. And I give him the opportunity to read it, or he would ask me to read it. It just kind of depends on what the child wants to do. And then everyone claps and smiles and celebrates him, and that child beams. This is what I want for you and for your students. This is what I want you to experience, because it truly is life-changing, and it really does make writing enjoyable and fun for not only the students, but if you are kind of reluctant yourself you're going to find that you will probably start enjoying it as well. Another one of your responsibilities is to supply resources, making sure that you're offering a variety of resources and tools to support diverse writing practices and the needs of your students. I always take it as an approach to never assume that your mini-lesson and the one time you modeled the skill is enough. It's not. So make supports available that allow students to reference them as needed. When they no longer need that scaffold, they're going to naturally stop using it, so don't worry about that. Your students are learning at different paces, and so keeping materials handy will support them no matter where they are in their growth journey. Some of my go-to resources are checklists, anchor charts that include definition reminders and or examples to borrow or like a visual writing offices where they can just have information and have that provided layer of support, especially if I'm not available immediately right there at the time that they need me. I will link to my preferred writing office folder, the writing reference helpers, descriptive anchor charts. I'll link to all of that in the show notes. So if that's something where you're like, oh my gosh, I need support then go to the show notes after this episode and all of the links will be there for you. But it's just so important to realize that merely stating what you want them to do, use details and write descriptively, is not going to translate into that. They need examples and scaffolds to use until they have enough practice to master that skill. And then monitoring student progress. It is going to be so, so, so important to not tread lightly on this responsibility taking notes and tracking your students' progress is going to be what you need when figuring out next steps for them. These anecdotal notes will assist you in adjusting practices and strategies to meet their ever-changing needs. Also, don't forget to jot down the date because that's gonna give you a reminder of the last time you checked in or viewed that student's writing, and it's also gonna let you know how much time has lapsed, especially if you're noticing that you're really not seeing growth. My last teaching role in Texas before I moved to Tennessee was a Tier 3 interventionist. And when teachers would come wanting a student to be recommended for testing and evaluation, my number one question was about progress monitoring. In this moment, guesstimating and generalizing is not going to fly. I want dates, observations, what you tried, how the student responded, and that action on repeat, and then the dates along with the work samples. So if you are not doing this, I would move this high on your priority list because it's just a necessary need. I just love writing and helping students come to the realization that they can be strong writers with practice and building their endurance. I shared a lot today, but remember, you can always come back and listen to this episode again. To recap, practice builds endurance and practice is important for skill development habit formation, confidence building, and adaptability. The four ways that you can begin helping students increase their writing endurance are by incorporating daily writing exercises, implementing structured writing projects, conducting an actual writing workshop time, and planning intentional peer writing sessions. You have an important role that is going to be to guide and support students, to create a safe environment for them, and to provide them with resources along with monitoring their progress. I want to stress to check the show notes for links to anything that I referenced or shared today that you may want to check out. Make sure that you tune in next week as I dive into the final part of this Writing Stamina series, which is going to cover how to gradually increase the actual writing time and the complexity of which your students are writing. Until then, keep diving into literacy. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to click that follow button so you never miss a new episode. And if you are enjoying what you hear, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend. Until the next episode, we can hang out over on Instagram at the Literacy Dive. And you can search The Daily Writing Disguise in your web browser to dive into a stockpile of creative writing activity collections created by me with student engagement in mind. For literacy resources and support, you can search The Literacy Dive on TPT. I'll catch you in the next episode.